Hey, hey, Jesus people. Welcome back to episode two of season 2024 of Keto in Christ. I'm your host, Andrea Curry, and I am so excited to be delving into our topic today. We are going through a series right now in my church on prayer, and I thought of no other beautiful way to um, dig deeper into that subject than to share it with all of you. So um, with that, I just want to open up in a word of prayer and commit this episode onto the Lord and allow him to direct it and move in ways that he will in his direction. So Father God, we just come before you. We thank you that you are a God who hears us. You are a God who sees us, Lord. You are a God who loves us. So I just commit this episode onto you today. And I pray, Father God, that in your mighty name, Jesus, you will use this podcast for your glory, Lord, for you are the one true God who is worthy of all praise, honor, and devotion. In your holy name, Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So um, where to start, right? Um, prayer is such a powerful topic. It's such a beautiful thing. And I feel like prayer is the way that we allow ourselves to become in tune um, with the Holy Spirit. And with that, as I mentioned in the previous episode, I'm going to share another little insert from Flame of Love, which is a book about the theology of the Holy Spirit that I'm currently reading through. And um, just there's so much. I mean, I haven't even really gotten that far in the book, but every single page, I feel like I'm devouring and picking up so much. And, and I just really love the way that it describes the Holy Spirit in um, this one passage. It says um, that it where, where should I start? The New Testament does, in fact, posit a third person distinct from Father and Son. Though it can speak of the Spirit impersonally, as the Old Testament does, as God's gift and power, it also presents Spirit in richly personal ways, as one who speaks, intercedes, teaches, grieves, and the like. So it describes the Holy Spirit as a person, as, as that um, part of that Godhead. In such texts, spirit is being understood as a person, taking initiative and doing things. Amen. Our God is a God who takes initiative and does things. Um, I can't think of a better way to think of the Holy Spirit and presence of God. You know, even going back to Pentecost, when you think about how the Holy Spirit fell on the disciples and right away they went out shouting in different languages um, who God was and glorifying him and sharing the gospel with the nations. I mean, the Holy Spirit is God taking initiative and doing things. Man, I love that definition. I love thinking about that in that way, um, especially when it comes to praying and asking God to have his will in our lives. Um, I mentioned earlier that our church right now is doing a series on prayer and my pastor um, has shared, um, quite a few things that I feel like it's so helpful. I mean, I love praying. I love being in prayer, but I think sometimes we need kind of that refresher on how to look at prayer, um, to help us dive deeper in. And one of those things that he shared was, um, in like, uh, praying in four time. And I know that he, if he watches this, he'll probably say that wasn't, I didn't come up with that because he's, he's very good at giving credit where credit is due. Um, so I'm not sure where he got it from, 
but I really um, loved this kind of like understanding of like prayer as like emotion that continuously moves us through, like as we're praying, these, this is the way that we should pray. Um, and is, um, it's a musical term praying in four times. So, you know, if you're not watching this on YouTube, um, you probably can't see, I just did kind of like the hand motion of it, of like what it's like if like a, somebody is coordinating it. Um, what are they called? Oh my goodness. Who, who leads an orchestra? I, I forget what they called. What are they called? A conductor. A conductor does this motion. Um, so anyway, praying in four time, what does that mean? It means to first, um, first we start upward, right? In reverence, um, to God. So we're thinking about God and then we move downward to our response to who God is. So our reverence to him, who he is, thanking God for, for everything that he is and, and talking about the character of God and then moving to a response to that. What does that mean for me? How, how can I use that in my life to draw closer to God, to become more like God? And then we move to the inward part, which is our request to God. Like, Lord, this is what I need in my life. This is how I would like to see things, you know, whatever our request is, whether for ourselves or um, for the things around us. And then outward, right? Which is um, thinking about those around us, having, being ready, being put into the ready position to um, be an answer to prayer in somebody else's life, but praying for them. And this um, comes from, you know, Jesus's um, guidance in how to pray, right? So Jesus in the book of Matthew, in Matthew chapter six, he says that when you pray, um, to pray like this, pray them like this, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, right? So that's that first part, right? It's that reverence part. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom done and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that's our response. You know, give us our, this day, our daily bread. There's our, our requests and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, right? So, but deliver us from evil. So there's this constant motion of like bringing it back to God. We start off with reverence and, and, uh, looking to him in the beginning. And then we bring our requests to him and then we end it with bringing it back to God and allowing him to work in our lives, to do his will and his good pleasure. Um, which is another one of my favorite verses. And I can't remember where it is right now that he will work in us to do his will and his good pleasure. Um, but anyway, um, that is just a beautiful way. I think of looking at prayer, remembering how to come to prayer, um, with God. Now, is that to say that every time, you know, if we don't keep that pattern, we're doing something wrong? Um, absolutely not. You know, some of my, my favorite prayers to God that I've, I've said, or even that other people have said is just, Lord, I need you. Um, Lord, I trust you. Like those are very short prayers when I'm going through things sometimes and I don't have that time to kind of go with the flow and pray, pray to him for hours. I'll just be like, you know what, Lord, this is in your hands. Um, sometimes I just talk to him like he's sitting with me on the couch, you know, having a conversation. So this isn't to say that we need to have like a, a very set way, um, that we pray, but that when we're going in those times where we really want to seek his face and, and pray, that we should be keeping our focus on him and his will in our prayers. Um, and you know, this past Sunday in particular, I really loved the study that we're doing, um, as I mentioned in prayer and my pastor was talking about 
six barriers that we have in prayer. And I think we could all look at these and kind of sit there and be like, okay, um, I've kind of been in many of these categories at one point in time. Um, and I'll, I'll share briefly what the six are. Um, but there, there's the neglect barrier where we're just not seeking God enough. Um, I definitely, there are times where I've been guilty of that, where I'm like, Lord, I want you to do your will in this. And I want you to work in this. I prayed him once. And then like months later, I'm like, why haven't you still done this? And it's like, um, you, you, you're not praying. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, the righteousness barrier, which is, you know, going, um, before God. And, and I did some further, uh, study on this today, actually. Um, because I just found all of these barriers were just, I wanted to do deeper on them. So that's what I did today. I spent my, my quiet time with the Lord going deeper into what we talked about on Sunday and just kind of meditating on part of the scripture verse from Psalm 6, 66, 18. It says, if I had cherished iniquity, which is sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Um, you know, and this is talking about that second barrier, which is the righteousness barrier, which is, you know, having unrepented sin in your life. But that word cherish really stuck out to me. Um, and just really thinking about what that means to cherish, um, sin in our lives. So, I mean, if you're cherishing your sin, you're definitely not repenting of it. Right. Um, but you know, when you cherish something, you care for it, you hold it dear, um, you keep it and you treat it with affection, you know, so sometimes these things that are unrepented or unconfessed sins that we have in our lives, the reason that we're not confessing them before God and creating this barrier between us and him in our prayer is because we're cherishing that sin above God and who he is. You know, we're looking at it, we're saying, but I love this, but I want it. You know, I always think back to that, that famous meme of this little girl holding on to this tiny teddy bear and saying to, to the Lord, but I love him or I love it. And God has this giant teddy bear behind his back and he's saying, but I got better for you. And oftentimes I think when it comes to cherishing our sin, that's definitely something that we do. You know, God tells us this is not something that I want for you, but because it's something that we enjoy, it's something that we kind of, um, you know, justify in some way we end up cherishing the sin. And in doing so, we create a barrier between us and God. Does that mean that God doesn't hear our prayers? Absolutely not. He hears it, but he doesn't have that opportunity to, to respond to it because there's this unrepented sin in our lives that's preventing him from being able to answer or respond to that prayer in the way that he would like to. I know like throughout my walk with God, um, if I'm in a season where I'm backslidden or if I'm in a season where I'm not doing the right thing or if I'm holding on to something, when I'm praying, I'm, I'm seeking him or even when I'm going to his word, I don't hear him as clearly um, as I do when I remove that barrier, you know. So it's kind of like, you know, um, having your AirPods in, right? So you ever you ever forget to take your AirPod out and it's like just sitting in your ear, you got so used to it. Right. You got so used to having this AirPod in that you forget that it's there. And then you run into somebody in person and they're talking to you and you can't quite understand them because they're they're a little bit muffled and you're confused. Like, why can't I hear you clearly? And then you remember that you have your AirPod in. So now once you take it out, you could hear clearly. Um, you know, it's it's the same with like sin in our lives. You know, 
we we have it we're we're walking around everything seems fine um but we can't hear god clearly and unless we look and we see that the airpod is still in unless we feel over here and we go oh wait that's still there um we're not able to um we're not able to remove it and hear him clearly so that's something where we we have to really walk out a daily life of repentance before God, where we're asking God to come in and look at our lives and see where we are going wrong or what's going wrong in our lives. And we need to be okay with him doing that. We need to allow him to seek our hearts and reveal to us any way in which we are not walking right with him. So um, that's something to keep in mind that this could be something that's preventing you. If you're not hearing God clearly, Go before him and ask him to reveal to you if there's any wicked way in you, if there's any way in which you are displeasing him. Um, and it's really transformative when we do that. You know, when we go before him and we ask him these things, you know, he starts revealing things that maybe we never even thought of as sin um, or as something that maybe he needs us to remove in order to keep our focus on him. And I think that that's one of the things that I'm really focusing on in the beginning of this year and throughout the whole entire year is just constantly bringing my focus back to him and remaining focused on my God. Um, and one of the ways that we could keep our focus on him is by asking him to seek our hearts and, and to look into us um, to see if there's anything that we do need to confess to him. Um, and I love that it, it, it says in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. So when we come to him and we repent, um, he purifies us and we are no longer standing um, in unrighteousness before God, but we could put on his righteousness and his holiness um, and, and go before him boldly in prayer. Then there's the motives barrier. Um, James chapter four is lit. Okay. I'm, Sorry, I'm using the, the young kids lingo. It's definitely um, lit because it is one of my favorite chapters. And it talks so much about um, us just, you know, not looking to the world, but looking to God. And in particular, what my pastor was talking about on Sunday was James chapter four, verses two to three, um, where it talks about like, number one, you don't, you don't get because you don't ask. So you're not going to him to prayer, which that kind of goes back to that neglect barrier. But also when you do ask, you ask amiss because you're seeking your own pleasure rather than God's pleasure. Um, rather than asking God for his will in your life, you're trying to impose on God your will. Lord, I want this to happen. This is how this should occur. This is what this should do. This is how this should go. Um, rather than saying, Lord, have your will in this situation. Now, you know, we, we always have to ask God again, similar to asking God to search our hearts when it comes to having unconfessed sin, we need to have him search our hearts when it comes to our motives. You know, Lord, if my motive in this is wrong, reveal it to me. Uh, don't let my will be done. Let your will be done. Um, especially if my motive is off and if my motive is off, reveal that to me. So that way I could have your mind when it comes to these matters. Um, and I think like uh, one of the, the example um, that my pastor gave, and I think that we could all relate to is when you're praying for someone, you're saying, Lord, you know, reveal to them where they're, they're wrong in this matter so they could see that I'm right. 
Um, and I, I mean, I think we could all admit that we've been guilty of that at some point in time um, in our lives of not really uh, having that right motive. And then there's the relationship barrier, right? So First um, Peter 3, 7 talks about honoring your wife if you're a husband. And, you know, I kind of looked at it when he was talking about it as just even our friendships and everything, honoring each other in our relationships. Because when we don't honor each other, when we treat each other disrespectfully, when we treat each other with hurt and harm and, you know, we look down on each other, we judge each other, we gossip about each other, whatever the case may be, we hinder our own prayers. Um, and then the faith barrier which I'll, I'll circle back to that one because I feel like I could say a lot about the faith barrier. Um, but, um, and then the persistence barrier. Um, so the, the faith barrier, uh, there's a passage, and my pastor talked about it on Sunday, and it's so funny. I don't know if this happens. I don't know if there's any other like youth uh, teachers that, that follow me or anything that you lead anything with the kids where this happens, but I always get a kick out of like when I'm talking about something to the kids on a Sunday morning and then I go to the service and I can see how God almost like set it up perfectly where like what the kids are learning and what the adults are learning are like the same thing. And, you know, our family pastor is the one who decides on what the lessons are for the kids, which is why I always, I always get so bewildered at how the Holy Spirit works it out you know, where these things, um, the things that we're teaching go almost completely in line with each other. So we were talking about God being able to help our doubts that Sunday morning and how God was coming right to where, um, doubting Thomas was and showing him his scars and allowing him to touch his side in order for him to believe and how God meets us right where we are when it comes to our doubts and, and comes in and helps us to understand him and to understand his word. And uh, one of the things that I use as an example to them was the same story that my pastor used, which, um, he said was from Matthew nine. I thought it was from John. Maybe it's in both because the gospels, you know, they have similar stories, but, um, I'll, I'll, I'll say that my pastor is probably correct. Um, <laughs> cause I wrote it down in here. That was Matthew nine. Um, but there's this father who comes before Jesus and he's asking Jesus to heal his son. And, um, Jesus looks at him and he says, do you believe? And the father says, I do believe Lord, but help me with my unbelief. And I was talking to the kids that morning about how, when we do have doubts, when we do have things going on, or we do have something that we're requesting from God, but we can't see the answer for it. We can't see in our own imagination how God is going to work it out, um, how we could pray that prayer for him um, to just, Lord, I do believe, I believe you can get me through this situation. I believe that you could work on this. I believe that I could get an A on my test, you know, um, but help my unbelief. That little bit of doubt that I have, help me with that unbelief. Um, and, you know, this is such an honest and humble prayer God already knows our hearts. He already knows our thoughts. He already knows when we don't um, believe fully what we're praying or we're asking for. So going to him and asking him to, to give us that extra oomph of faith um, in facing those, those issues is such a humble prayer to come before God and say, you know what, Lord, grant me more faith. 
help me to have faith to be able to believe you in this situation, though I cannot see it clearly. Um, and I, I think that for me, like the, the faith barrier is, is something where I, man, I am always praying that prayer because I've seen God do miraculous things. I mentioned some things in, in, you know, the previous episode, but I've seen God do so many miraculous things in and around me, you know, that sometimes I'm like, Lord, I should have no reason to doubt. I should have no reason not to have faith, but the situation just seems so impossible to me. I don't see clearly how you could work it out, how you could move, how you could do things. I don't see it. So you know what, Lord? I'm going to trust you even though I can't see it, right? Isn't that the definition of hope in, in uh, Hebrews 11.1? 1? It says that the for hope is the substance of of things that um, are unseen. You know, that's that's what hope is. That's what trusting in God is. It's saying, you know what, Lord, I can't see it, but I believe you can do it. Even when I can't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. You know, that's a bridge from one of my favorite songs. Um, and I always love when we sing that song because it's so true. You know, Lord, I can't always see what you're doing. But I know that you're doing. <laughs> I know that you're operating um, to have your will done in my life and in the lives of the people around me. So whenever I have that little bit of doubt when I'm praying, I always say to him, you know what, Lord, I believe. I believe. I know that you can do the absolute impossible in every situation, in every circumstance. But help me with my own belief. Help me with the little bit of me that is doubting you being able to take this and turn it around. You know, um, Romans uh, 28, why am I forgetting it? I know this verse, 828, right? Am I correct now? I don't know. Um, <laughs> look it up. I know that I have the verse memorized, but I get confused sometimes about the numbers. But um, Romans, it's it, it's Romans 828. Um, God works all things all things, there is no, um, there is nothing that he doesn't work out, right? That's what all means. It encompasses everything. He works all things out for the good, for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. So even the things that seem so completely irrational to us that could be resolved, God could do it. He could change it. He could fix it. He knows what he's doing. Um, and we just have to trust him with it. Um, you know, Ask in faith without doubting. It says in James 1, 5 through 7, um, you know, that we need to ask in faith without doubting. Because when we do doubt, we're like something that's been tossed by the wind. We're going to and fro. We're like, okay, Lord, I believe you. I don't believe you. Lord, I believe you. I know you can do this. Help me with my own belief. And then you leave it in his hands and you see the miraculous things that he could do. Um, <laughs> this seems like such a little like um, thing. I love using like the little stories that God does in my life sometimes rather than these big um, extravagant ones because there's a lot of things that I've seen him do. But it's the little things sometimes that come to my memory that remind me just how faithful my God is and even these little things. And, you know, I mentioned in the past episode how I was going through this season of just 
um, hopelessness and just like really needing God to, to give me the strength each day just to even get out of bed. And I remember one day I was in my office and I'm sitting there and I just started praying and I said, you know what, Lord, my, my spirit is downcast in me. I trust you, Father God. I know that you're working through this. Um, and, and this seems like such a little thing. It seems like such a silly thing, but could you make it snow today? Just to give me a little bit of like winter cheer. I love the snow. No offense to anybody who doesn't. Um, but I really love the snow and it just makes me so cheerful when I see those little pieces of, of ice coming from the, the, um, clouds. So I, I asked him if he could just make it snow and I finished the prayer and I'm sitting at my desk and I need to go check in with one of my coordinators and I get up and I walk over. And as soon as I walk over, I look out the window and it's snowing like what? <laughs> he answered me so quickly in such a miraculous way. I mean, our God controls the weather. And that's not the only time I've seen him do something that in my life. Um, you know, I believe I shared in a previous episode, like a while back, you know, um, I take the train to work. And one day it was pouring rain out. And I was I was caught off guard because I, I have a bad habit at not looking at the weather, um, which I'm trying to improve on because I... I I need to because it's just not good. I get caught out in the rain all the time. But so I was headed to work and I'm wearing a white dress and it starts to pour while I'm on the train. And I'm like, oh Lord, I don't have an umbrella. Um, and I just start praying the whole train ride there, the whole 45 minutes. I'm like, Lord, if you could just hold the rain for a moment while I get off. And when I got to my stop, right? So the train in Staten Island is above ground. So I could see when we were pulling into the station that it was still raining and the area where I first get off, there's still like this little roof there. So it's like, I got off and I was like, okay, Lord, it is still raining. Um, just, you know, help me get to my office and, and keep me as dry as you possibly can. But you know what, Lord, it, I'm just going to trust you that I'm going to make it to my office. And I walk down the stairs, right? So there's this little covering here. The stairs all have covering. And then there's like, in where I get off for work, there's like a little, I don't know what it is, like a little room <laughs> that you walk through um, before you get out to the street. And as I'm walking down the steps and everything, I'm just praying and I'm asking God to help me get to work. And as soon as I step out into where it's, it was literally downpouring two seconds ago, the rain had stopped. And... I got to work dry and then it started pouring again. And I was like, wow, you know what, Lord, you're good. You are good. You care so much about these little things, these little trivial things in my life that, you know, they shouldn't be, um, <laughs> they shouldn't be like big, but like they're little, they're trivial things. And he cares about those things. So, um, I just thought that that was awesome to see him move in that way. And, you know, it's, it's like in those moments, I'm just like, wow, Lord, why do I ever doubt? <laughs> why do I ever pray to you and go, oh, I don't know how you could do this. Like, you know, it's in those moments that I go like, why do I doubt you? Why do I think that you can't do things when I've seen you literally change the weather in my favor? Like what, who am I that you would even care for me in such a way <laughs> that you would set your heart on me? You know, that was the verse um, and scripture that I shared in the previous episode 
And I mean, it just bewilders me all the time how amazing God is. Um, but yeah, that could be a barrier in our prayer when we pray, but we don't actually believe what we're saying for. And this goes for when we're praying for people to come to salvation, when we're praying for people to change in our lives, when we're praying for healing for people. And now that's not to say there's some illnesses that are not healed. Not everybody is healed. We don't know why. We won't know why until we come before God and we see him. So, you know, I don't want to say like, you know, oh, if somebody didn't get healed, it's because they didn't have faith when they prayed. That's not what I'm saying. Um, and so I just want to clarify that right off the bat. Um, the Bible talks about one man that God was healing, that he says that this healing is unto the glory of God, that this man, this, this illness that he had was just so I could show the power of God in this man's life. Um, and sometimes that's the case. Sometimes God is using that illness to bring glory to his name. Other times people are sick and it's just their time. So um, don't get confused in, in what I want to want to say here when it comes to faith. Um, and again, I talked a lot about this in the previous episode too. I was talking about the battles that I've had throughout the years with my mental health and how in those times where I'm feeling hopeless or down or whatever the case may be, how I stand in my faith in God. That's the only thing I have in those moments to stand in. And I stand in my faith in him, trusting that he is going to work the situation out even when I can't see what's happening and the pain that I'm feeling the things the emotions I'm going through are because I am a human being that has gone through a lot of traumatic stuff in her life and I am healing God is healing me and he is working through me to to heal each of those areas over time he puts people in front of me that help me heal he puts situations in front of me that help me heal that help me figure out my triggers and help me to heal you know um countlessly God is working on healing me and I do believe that one day I will be completely free from those those feelings that I have but just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean that I do not have faith that he could do it and it does not mean that he can't do it because I know that he can um but sometimes certain things are you know those those things that allow us to see God working through us even in our weaknesses so Let's not get confused in the faith barrier with, you know, not, you have to still give things to God and ask for his will to be done. And sometimes his will does not look like what we want it to be. Um, so understanding that too, we could come to God in faith about something and it could just simply not be his will for that thing to occur. Um, then there's the persistence barrier, which is another barrier that I feel like I, I'm, I've been guilty of where I just, I pray about something and then I'm not persistent with God in it. It's not that it's not his will. It's just that I'm not continuing to bring it before him. Um, I forget that you got to keep going, that you don't give up, that you pray without ceasing, as it says in first Thessalonians five, seven. Um, one of my favorite acronyms is push. You got to pray until something happens. And maybe that's God redirecting your prayer elsewhere. Maybe that's God answering your prayer with a yes, no, or, uh, you know, soon, maybe one day, um, you know, but you pray until something happens. You keep going. Um, and as you're going and you're, you're going into his word and you're going into his presence and you're spending time with him and in, in his spirit, 
God will make something happen. He will do something, you know, um, like I shared, uh, from that quote that I, that I heard in here, where is it? Um, I, I love how it says, if I could find it again, that the Holy Spirit, um, that it's taking initiative and doing things. So when we pray, when we're going before God, the Holy Spirit is moving and he's going to take initiative as we give him room. He's going to take initiative and he's going to do things, whether in us, through us or around us. He's going to take that initiative and he's going to do things. So, um, you know, I <laughs> really love being able to go to God in prayer. It's such a pleasure that we have to be able to go before him in this way. And so I just pray for all of you right now, no matter what you're going through, that you would just bring it to him. Um, and if you've never prayed, if you've never gone before God, you know, know that there's a God who loves you, that wants a relationship with you. You know, he came, he died for you. He rose again in order for you to be able to come before him in his presence. And if you've never taken that step of salvation, you know, you've, if you've never known God in that intimate way, I pray that you would seek him today and that you would begin to pray to him. Ask him to reveal his son to you if you've never taken that step of salvation. Ask him to give you faith if you're lacking in that area. Ask him to give you wisdom. And he he will liberally, um, according to his will, um, he doesn't deny us from coming before him. He wants to hear your prayers. So if you've never gone before the Lord today, I pray that you would come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I pray that you would just be able to hear him calling your name um, and go before him and respond to the gospel, respond to what he's done for you um, and being able to create an openness where all of these barriers could disappear if we just bring them before him. You know, if we ask him for help and motivation to be persistent, if we ask him for help when we, we have a lack of faith, you know, if we have things in our lives that are not going right with people, asking him to work in us and in that other person to come to reconciliation, um, help us to have right motives and to walk in righteousness with him, to be able to go before him and repent of our sins, you know, um, the gospel is such a beautiful message of how much God loves us and how he wants to have that communion with us where we come before him. So don't neglect him. Don't neglect him. If you've never met him, if you've never known Jesus, know that he has come to earth to die for you. There's sin in our lives that separate us from God. They've created this barrier that is unpenetrable by us alone. We need to do it with Jesus. We need to get in touch with Jesus. We need to come into belief of him and who he is um, and that he has died for our sins. And when we do that, when we receive him as our savior, when we repent of our sins, his spirit now comes and resides in us that we can have community with God. That is how much he loves us, that he wants to bring us into that community with him, into that ability to have conversations with him, to pray without ceasing, to have that open communication. And you could receive him today you don't need to, to be in front of a crowd. You don't need to be surrounded by people. You could go before him right where you sit now and ask Jesus to come into your life. Uh, it says in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe it in your heart, you shall be saved. So take that step today. Go before God. 
ask him to, to come into your life and watch it be transformed. And if you've already taken that step and you are new to belief, or even if you're old in belief, go before him and ask him if there's any areas that you could work on in your life. Ask him what barriers you have to your prayer. Ask him to reveal to you those things in your life that he could remove and watch him transform your life. You could be saved for 15, 16, 25, 45 years and never experience the transformational power of prayer because you are not praying with the right motives or you're not um, going to God persistently in prayer or you're simply ignoring him. You're neglecting him. You're not spending that time with him. Allow him to shape and change your life in only the way that he can. It doesn't end. It doesn't stop. When we come to Christ, we are constantly evolving and changing with him. And if we ask him to come into our lives and to shape us, he will do so. Um, so I just pray for you right now. I'm, I'm so grateful for this opportunity to speak to you. I pray that God would just use this time that we have together for his will and his way in your lives um, and in, in mine as well. So I thank you guys for being here with me. If you have made that decision, if you need any assistance, if you have questions, you could always email me at keto.end.christ at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. You could also reach out to me on Instagram, TikTok, um, the, or even YouTube. I don't know. Do they have a messenger part on YouTube? I don't even know. I never get messages on there. Um, but you could reach out to me in any of my social media platforms as well. Um, they're all Keto and Christ. They're, they're all the same name. Um, so feel free to reach out. I would love to pray for you. I would love to connect with you. God bless you and have a great day.